This episode of Off My Shelf contains coarse language and adult conversation. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, my name is Tracy James and welcome to Off My Shelf, a podcast about movies that are, well, off my shelf, where we go through my DVDs and talk about the movies in my collection. In this episode, Bennett Young is here to talk about the vigilante Blackula in Blade and Blade 2. Welcome! Hello! <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yes, as we sip our uh, red-colored beverages uh, to yes. uh, simulate, you know, our intake of blood mm-hmm. that is necessary for our existence. Yes, I've, I've got this watermelon grapefruit rev beverage here. I'm noticing that it has guarana and ginseng, just like <laughs> stuff that's in energy drinks, I think. Yeah. So, but isn't that why it's called rev? It's supposed to be like an alcoholic Yeah, get energy. you revved up, right? Yeah. Vodka but yeah, no, it's like, I'm hoping that it has the same effect of like the blood when, mm-hmm. you know, it's you're, gonna... digging, you're digging right into a nice juicy neck. It's not only that your thirst is being quenched, but it's that you're getting. Right. Yeah. Revved Just up, don't be right? as messy of, an, of a drinker as vampires are. It's always all over their face and it's on their yeah, shirt. You're just like, dude, you must okay. spend so much money on clothes because you can't get those stains out. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me what to do with my own body, uh-huh. but I will try not to get it all over your apartment. Okay, thank you very much. I thank you very much for this. Um, while I, on the other hand, am drinking some sort of very cheap pre-made sangria that is, I'm going to say not very tasty, but it does the trick and I'm going to continue absorbing it. As well. I will say it looks more like blood than this. This is like a bright red, sort of like a like a fruit punch or like a melted freezy at your yeah in soccer game and that's more of like a a nice dark yeah. you know maroon is maroon a dark color maroon's sure. a dark color right? yeah absolutely All right. like if you told me that was like a 200 hundred hundred dollar bottle of like burgundy sauvignon <laughs> french yes. wine then i would probably believe you yeah until you taste it classy. and you're just like why is this bubbly this is weird <laughs> yes i can yeah. taste the sulfites mm-hmm. well um well, I don't know. I was going to say something and then it just fell out of my brain. So I'm just going to skip it. It's That's the fine. way it works. That's why this isn't live radio. No. Oh, I would fail so miserably. People are like, what is she talking uh, about? I don't know. Lots of stuttering. I have to go through and edit that out to make myself sound smart. Mm-hmm. Is it working? I think so. Yeah? I mean, this is pre-edited, but you seem pretty smart to me right now. Yes! Fake it till you make it, I tell you. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> Well, you know what else was working in 1998? Oh the film industry? <laughs> the like, film industry? In general, like like linear media, like a, mm-hmm. a monoculture where people actually knew about the same things at the same time, even if they weren't like previously in that niche. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to nod and smile and agree with you. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> that is true. You know, things like... Uh, YouTube and crazy social media and people finding out about things and memes and viral campaigns and stuff didn't exist. But we had Blade, our technically, I think it's second black superhero movie. Oh, Um, wow. What was the first? Actually, Spawn came out in 1997. Oh. But wait, what company does Spawn? It's not Marvel. Because, well... You know, like, especially since um, since Black Panther came out, everybody's like, oh, it's the first black superhero movie. Marvel's doing great. 
people all they all forgot about Blade, which pissed me off so much. I was like, "What are you talking about?" Like, it's not only not the first black superhero, but not even the first black Marvel superhero. Exactly, which was hella frustrating. And I mean, I would actually go ahead and say that this movie, the first one at least, was the first good Marvel superhero movie. Whoa. Easily. That's big talk. You heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what came before that? They had um, a Fantastic Four movie. They had a Spider-Man movie. There was a Captain America movie. There was um, the Hulk TV show. Oh. Uh, There was also... Wait, Thor uh, Thor was in something. I don't think it was a Thor movie, but he was in... That character was in something. I don't remember what it is. Hmm. And then I think... Did X-Men come out right before this? You are the Marvel superhero of this podcast. I... No, X-Men came out in 2000. So... Okay. Yeah. So... Like, there was, like, this was the first, like, good one. All of those movies that I listed, I know people are just like, oh, Captain America is a great movie. I'm like, no, no, no. You didn't see the Captain America movie from, like, 1984. It was horrible. (laughs) See, now I gotta look up what year that actually was. Mm -hmm. Apparently, I don't know how to spell Captain. Captain. Sorry, 1990. It was all the way in 1990. I forgive you. Is that a 3.3 on IMDb I Spy? Oh, yes, it is. Very good. Uh, It also included Red Skull, and he had this motorcycle with this motorcycle helmet that was like this extra thing with wings on it. It was very difficult to watch. Nice. It was very difficult to watch. I mean, this presages Diddy Kong Racing by a little bit, but I'm pretty sure there's... (laughs) Why why do I associate wings on a helmet with Diddy Kong Racing? Uh, Can you help me out here? Doesn't he have... Wait, I'm pretty sure there's helmets. I'm pretty sure they're they're better advocates for safety in Diddy Kong Racing than they are in Mario Kart. Like, Diddy oh, Kong I'm a recognizable Racing. character. I'm Mario. I have to wear my hat all the time because I don't know. Maybe it is a hat or a helmet. Well, Diddy actually. Kong is wearing a baseball hat, which right. is backwards. Mm-hmm. But there's other like non non Donkey Kong characters in it. I think. Yeah, like. Peach is in it. Well, technically she is Donkey Kong, though. Hmm. I don't know, this girl gorilla thing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We we obviously have different areas of interest, because you're all Diddy Kong, and I'm all like, really bad superhero movies from the <laughs> early 90s. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, when I'm watching movies, I'm definitely viewing them through, like, a bad lens, as opposed to, a, is this a good movie lens? I kind of gave up on that during... In the middle of my film degree. I Wait, thought, sorry. What, what do you mean, like, bad lens or is this a good movie lens? What does that mean? Like, I was, I was, I did a, a film degree at, in university and it's just too much stress. It's too much work to decide whether something is actually good or not. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, like, copying something else or whether it's being original, whatever. Like, it's a lot easier and a lot more fun to just watch a movie and be like, oh, that fucking sucks. oh like i can see the wires oh like Mm -hmm. that's absurd that's just dumping a bunch of corn syrup and red food dye all over a wall yeah and like so wait are you talking about the shining is that what's happening right now i'm i'm talking about blade (laughs) 
I only know how to talk wow. about Blade today. <laughs> so, you know, we might be getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but I'm definitely going to be reading this movie through how ridiculous is this movie making fun of it type of lens. I, I totally agree that it's like night and day between the 70s Hulk yes. and, you know, 1998 Blade. Mm-hmm. But it still has its kind of like classic shitty like movie moments. Oh, for sure. You know? For sure. Uh, one thing that I realized watching this first Blade movie is that I apparently remembered all of it, and I probably <laughs> haven't watched this movie in about, in maybe just under 10 years. I have not watched this movie at all. Mm-hmm. And it started, and I was just like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Oh, that's going to happen now. Oh, there's that thing. Oh, there's her. Oh, there's this. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I remember this movie from beginning to end. And I was yeah. shocked. <laughs> and I must admit, I was kind of okay with it. Sure. I I enjoyed watching this blood-filled claptrap of nonsense that was actually not horrible until the gigantic CG blood in the last couple of scenes. <laughs> Which, like, I don't know why that's the thing that was just like, no, now I can't do this, but that was it. That's the thing that threw me off. It's it's definitely like a big-budget, low-budget action movie. Yeah, I right? mean, I think it's a product of its time, Yeah, is what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, superhero movies at the time were occupying such a different niche than they are in 2019, right? I mean, like, you didn't expect, you know, the the new random Marvel character that they're putting on screen for the first time to be, like, the big summer hit, necessarily. Yeah. Well, I mean, even though it did it did pretty well yes it did do pretty well mm-hmm. um well because even like now like uh when they did guard the first guardians of the galaxy movie the guardians of the galaxy is an obscure obscure title that mm-hmm. nobody knew about until these movies came out right well mm-hmm. not nobody of course there's always going to be a group of people who know about something that's why mm-hmm. it exists fine but it was super super obscure mm-hmm. And, like, when I first heard about this, I'm like, what the shit are the Guardians of the Galaxy? Like, who the, who the hell are these people? Mm-hmm. I had no idea. and But I was just like, you know what? Marvel has done all of these movies so far that have been great. I'm going to go watch this. Yeah. Right? But the thing that turned around, like, superhero movies, first there was Batman, and which we extensively talked about on previous <laughs> episodes. But then, of course, that got lost because it turned to crap. Right. And then nobody wanted to make superhero movies. And then, uh, what was it? Sony was like, you know what? We'll buy Spider-Man. You know, Marvel, you're going under. Oh, yeah. We'll buy Spider-Man. They're like, do you want anything else? And they're like, fuck no. Leave nah. me alone. We'll just take Spider-Man. Yeah, whatever. Then they no wrote one... that into the ground. And then Marvel was just like, well, we got to make something. And then they did. And it was amazing. <laughs> so now superheroes are viable, money-making things, which is fantastic. How totally dead of a self-inflicted gunshot was was that, like, Sony executive who decided, <laughs> like, nah, no one's going to watch a movie about Iron Man. Well, no, yeah. one, no one knows who Thor is. Yeah. Comic books aren't anything. Who cares? Well, I mean, tell you the truth, I think if they did sell, like, Sony did buy it and Sony tried to make those movies, they would never be in the situation they are right now. Mm-hmm. No way. They would do exactly what they did to poor Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. I don't care what anybody says, Tobey Maguire was a good Spider-Man. Except 
emo Spider-Man. Maguire was a great Spider-Man. Um, had the best best moves. He did. Best dance moves. He's a fan <laughs> of pizza. We have that in common. You have that in common with a lot of people. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I think they would have made like two movies, driven it into the ground, and it would have been done. Mm. Yeah. Are we, are we, I guess we're so much the better for it. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think Marvel went out of their way to make like quality films. Like they weren't just like, mm-hmm. well, I think that's the difference between somebody who's out to make money and somebody who really loves the property, but also want to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to know the key aspects of the characters. They're going to know what's going to appeal to their readers as well as bring new people in they know how to put together an origin story because of that yeah you know and give like proper fan service as well as been like we're not gonna alienate all of these people and just put it together in a nice neat package yeah i guess it's kind of a balancing act yeah i mean i would think so as a non-comic booky person it's kind of impossible to avoid at least seeing a few of these movies that mm-hmm. have been coming out over the last like what 10 15 years now i guess uh, it's been going i think on. the first one came out in 2008 yeah so it's been 11 years Jeez. yeah holy smokes it's been a while if you count the spider-man ones those were early 2002 2000s. i think yeah. was the first toby Maguire one mm-hmm. which is also surprising because within that time period we've had three different spider-men and <laughs> Now seven different movies yeah, for yeah. just Spider-Man, which I, I, I saw, think is nuts. I saw this thing on the internet. It was like there's there's been three different Spider-Man 2 movies yes. in the last like 10 years, yeah. 15 years. <laughs> which is absolutely <laughs> crazy. Which is absolutely, absolutely crazy. There's only one Spider-Man 2 in my book. Yeah, we we stand our queen... Spider-Man Two, starring Tobey Maguire. So and, good. Yeah, like being, I don't, I don't understand why people hate on him. He did such a good job. Like, come on, guys. It will never be pizza time again. No, no, it will not. No. And it's so sad because of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but before Spider-Man, there was a Blackula who hunted other vampires in revenge for them killing his pregnant mother, so he could be born. That's fair. Honestly, that's a pretty fucked up thing to do. I think so. Like, this is where the the parallels between Harry Potter and Blade start, right? Okay. It's like, the boy who lived. Mm-hmm. Right? That's pretty much what he is, His actually. His mother was killed. <laughs> he was left with this mark of the enemy mm-hmm. that made him more powerful than the enemy. Mm-hmm. And made him the chosen one to track down the enemy. Yeah. And this is, like, Harry Potter 1 has already been released the book not the movie when this has, movie comes yes. out mm-hmm. so i gotta wonder like is someone is chris columbus sitting there you know reading a bunch of you know spec scripts and he comes across this like harry potter treatment and he's mm-hmm. like hey wait a minute that movie blade did so well and this is just blade without the blood without the blood without the blade blood yeah this is just Blade, but, like, white teenagers. I mean, I am not a Potterhead. Um, I have never read any of the Harry Potter books. I should have, because I worked in a bookstore while they were being released. <laughs> and I hate all of the children and the adults that came to buy them, because they were all rude and mean to me. Oh. And uh, But then the movie came out, and I was just like, oh, at least I don't have to read the book. I can just go watch <laughs> the movie. 
and then I hated the movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I never got into Harry Potter. This is the part of the the show where I'm supposed to be like, eh, 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 <laughs> but like honestly, like if you if I was unaware of the franchise and just mm-hmm. watched the first movie at like at least teenage to like adult age, mm-hmm. I would be like, no, this is like a silly kids thing. I, it, that's the thing. You it's know. not that it's a silly kids thing because I love silly kids things. Like I love <laughs> animated movies. I love a lot of like cheesy kids shows and whatever. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. My problem with the Harry Potter movie, that first one, mm. is that it's just a bad movie. Yes, that's it's also true. It's just a bad movie. Mm-hmm. So, but that is my opinion. Mm-hmm. As a bad movie head, that is the Harry Potter movie that I have watched by far the most. <laughs> like. God. Yeah, that's like classic, like throw it on at the end of like a party night at mm-hmm. two in the morning and like fall asleep while hanging all over the couch <laughs> with like your limbs in three different time zones watching, yeah. you know, Hagrid, I know, I know Hagrid that too well, yes. drag a giant Christmas tree into, what's it called? Hogwarts. <laughs> what's Weird. it called? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm totally a Potterhead, I guess. You're totally into all of the things. Uh, my thing is though, is I've got quite a few friends who are Potterheads, so I know a little too much about the Harry Potter world than I would like to, but I'm kind of okay with it. So, cause then I get all like, I can get nerd cred in all of the areas that way. It works out. It's one of those like cultural touchstone franchises. Like, I guess I'm like not that big into like Marvel DC, like cinematic universe stuff, but mm-hmm. Like, you can't not be aware of it because you're immersed It's just in everywhere. It. Yeah, yeah, so I think you are to Harry Potter as I am to these Marvel movies. And that is fine. Yeah. I find that acceptable. All right. But since I forced you into these this Marvel <laughs> world... And wait, was this the first time you watched the Blade movies? This was the first time I've watched the Blade movies. So okay, so so that means that so I have to ask the question. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking to your film studies part of your brain or anything. I'm just talking to you as the person. Did you like them? Did you hate them? What did you think? They were very cool. Okay, they good. were great. Yeah. I I resolved to. Okay, so like within the first like ten minutes of the first one, I. Had already recognized, okay, this is like a, a schlocky action movie. Mm-hmm. It's probably like technically good or whatever, but like, no, it's, it's a goofy action movie. Yeah. So I'm going to rate it on like the goofy action movie triad, which is <laughs> okay. incoherence of the story. Okay. Not coherence, but incoherence. Uh, like dopeness of the action. And that kind of includes like zaniness of the special effects okay and the quality of like the the quips after the violence goes down (laughs) it's like well someone's having a bad hair day or whatever (laughs) yes (laughs) Mm. Uh, let me let me do that one again what or like someone's having a bad blade day (laughs) yeah Or whatever. So, uh-huh. so based on these criteria, yes, both of these movies do hold up. Absolutely. Yeah, I I yeah. must admit, like I like I was saying, I watched the first movie. It's exactly what I remembered, and I enjoyed all of it. And then the same thing with the, the second. Well, no, it's different with the second movie. The second movie, I forgot about. I'd say about seventy five percent of it. 
but I still enjoyed it, but definitely not as much as the first movie. The first one was better. Yes. I, I I will say that my my viewing experiences between the first and the second were slightly different. <laughs> yes. Um, Why so, was that? <laughs> she says knowingly. <laughs> so, so the first movie, I I sort of resolved to do a few things after I saw what Blade was. Mm-hmm. After the first ten minutes, I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch this Blade movie. I'm gonna you know lie in my bed, watch it on my wall on my projector screen, and I'm going to watch Blade through. You know, sober, like you'd watch a regular movie, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to go outside and rip a fat blunt and watch Blade Two stoned, because that seemed like the thing to do. Yeah, it yeah. seemed like the appropriate thing to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm not denying. I'm not disagreeing with you. So so that's that was that was my course of action, mm-hmm. and I made it through Blade. It was wonderful. It was excellent. We laughed. We cried. We. Learned and we loved. Yeah. And so, and like, long story short, 10 minutes into Blade 2, I fell asleep. So I needed to watch it the next day, being today. Yes. Uh, partially in your car, full disclosure. Yes. <laughs> and partially in the apartment. And partially in the apartment before the uh, taping of this yeah. uh, so particular podcast. So it's nice podcast. and fresh in your brain now. Thank you for casting my <laughs> procrastination in anything other than the negative light that it deserved. <laughs> so, to be honest, I have been caught watching movies while my guest is showing up to record the episode. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's yeah. fine. All right. All right. At least there's I can rely on precedent. Yeah, yeah. But um, to be fair to Blade 2, it I'm sure Guillermo del Toro and the producers and Wesley Snipes did not intend for us to be watching this movie on a 2011 somewhat broken MacBook Pro <laughs> in the front seat of someone's car on the way back from work. On the DVP. On the DVP. Mm-hmm. No, no. Guillermo <laughs> del Toro had no intention of the DVP factoring into anyone's viewing experience mm-hmm. of the second Blade movie. So I will say... Maybe my experience wasn't quite... Maybe something was lost. Mm-hmm. You know? In the overall, yeah. It's entirely possible that something was lost. <laughs> gotcha. That being said, you know, broad strokes, there was cool action. Mm-hmm. There was different action. I found it kind yes. of more... Like, some of the action scenes were more comic booky almost. Like, in a kind of a Zack Snyder-y way, there would be, like, mm-hmm. these cool kind of, like, swoop shots yeah. and, like, funky zooms and... I actually have a very thing. specific comment about that, but I'm going to leave it till later. I'm going to okay. leave it till later. All right, yes. all right, all right. But, I mean, I I think I got it. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I mean, I, 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 yeah. the story isn't particularly deep or anything. No. It's... That's fair to say. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's an action, like, I don't think we're necessarily meant to, like, sit there and, you know, stroke our goatees and, mm-hmm. you know, parse over every single little cut of, like, crazy action movies. Like, Well, you don't like, want to be... talk about the, the Freudian nature <laughs> of him wanting to shove sharp yeah. objects into his enemy? Yeah, no, I I didn't have time to perform a like Jungian 
psychoanalysis of Blade 2 in your car on the way to your apartment. <laughs> well, I gotta say, I'm disappointed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm uh, clearly never being invited back, so I guess I better make this one count. You gotta make it count. You just, okay. you gotta kill it. Okay, All you right. gotta kill the rest of this then. Alright? Alright. to. Alright. <laughs> well, I guess uh, we could just talk about the first Blade movie, and yeah. as we both said, we really liked the first Blade movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out in 1998. And that was just after Spawn, just before X Men, mm-hmm. and in between, you know, and way before the official like comic book movie takeover. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, I would say, it kind of started that whole comic book engine mm-hmm. going because Spawn was horrible <laughs> um and then a couple of years later x-men came out and the first one wasn't that bad uh-huh. so then they kept making more and which led to more stuff uh-huh. so i'm gonna i'm gonna give props to blade on that there you go so like who's who's watching blade in 1998 then? like I'm based... i mean i know i was i saw this in the theater and i remember loving it i think when i saw it in the theater and it was one of those, like, like now when people saw Black Panther and they were just like, oh my god, people like us are on screen. It was, like, Wesley Snipes was making his career, you know, he's like Passenger 57 and um, he did, what, uh, Demolition Man and, and all that kind of stuff. But it was one of those, like, what? Superhero? And he's black? And he's in a movie? What? But of course... It wasn't this kind of huge movement happening, right? Mm-hmm. And also, it was just a bunch of nerds really seeing this because the quote-unquote regular people weren't into this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who were into horror saw it. I know that. Yeah. And they were disappointed because it wasn't scary. It's not meant to be. I mean, there's gross parts in it, but there's yeah. no, like, jump scares. There's no, like... You know, <sighs> I think there's one jump scare, like when the when Doctor, I think her name is Doctor Jensen, when she mm. and like her male nurse, like ex boyfriend yeah. person, like they're dissecting this vampire, mm-hmm. and like it seems like it's going to be this kind of like stereotypical, like ooh, setting up their their romance, and like yeah. they're going to be. They're probably going to get together at the end of the movie. Oh, <laughs> cute. And then the vampire just like totally murks the guy. Yes. And she yeah. gets bitten. And mm-hmm. that's why she's Brought invested in the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like that was spooky. Like that. Yeah. I, I kind of. I don't know. That was a jump scare for me. And I guess the scene at the end where they are brought back together where he's kind of like the zombified mm-hmm. vampire. And like they throw her into that or whatever and yeah, he comes yeah. out of the shadows and is like trying to like eat her yeah yeah i guess those two parts are kind of scary yeah but a lot of it was more it was either just like pure violence or it was just kind of gross a lot yeah of yeah there was like i don't even know if it counts as body horror when it's often not even really like a human body mm. that is that the horror is taking place on. Yeah. And, like, you don't often... You don't really see them, like, taking chunks out of humans or no. anything like that. There's, like, yeah. blood spurting everywhere and, you know, vampires getting burned alive. And, mm-hmm. like, they they kind of, like, burn, but then they kind of disappear, too. They dissipate into like, what's, ashes? What's like, with I that? Don't... 
I don't know, actually. Like, I understand, for example, like, like that one part with the vampire and they're, like, outside in the sunrise. Mm-hmm. I understand him burning up there. That was right? cool. But if you're just, you know, stabbing one, why is he bursting into flame and disappearing into ashes? Yeah, that I know. seemed kind of odd to me. Like, it kind of seemed like he was turning into mana or, like, coins yeah. or something like that. Like, that, <laughs> when Blade is going, like, sicko mode on vampires like really really reminds me of those like 80s 90s like arcade games where you have mm. like the big plastic turquoise gun that has every kid in the world's boogers on it and it, you're just like zapping Shooting zombies all over the place yeah like and that's literally what he does like he's just in there just killing everything in sight yeah. you know um i must admit though like that for that opening scene with um at the rave when um the blood rave song comes on yes i fucking love that song that was dope it's just so good and this is where that song got famous from from this movie and it was just i remember the first time i heard it in a club though i got really nervous and then i was okay with it (laughs) after that it was just fine did you put on your sunglasses and like stand motionless (laughs) i did i did a lot of like looking over my shoulder just in case like oh my god are you sure (laughs) But no, everybody did the whole, like, ah, you know, full on yes. hands in the air, waving him like you just don't care. Is that what, is that what Some, you do? Something like that. Something like that? Okay. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> My favorite part of the opening rave scene was when the opening credits stop saying people's names mm-hmm. and they just say, now. And then <laughs> the opening credits continue and they continue to say people's names. Yeah. So, there's two things there. First, it made me think that someone involved in the making of this movie was named Now for, like, half a second, which was (laughs) just silly. Yeah. But, like, what a weird way to say present day. Like, not even even that it's, like, in the present, you know, timeline. Yeah. No, it's happening right now. No, now. (laughs) Yeah. You're sitting down. (laughs) This is what's going on. You're lying in bed. Thinking about ordering pizza, watching some movie from 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and you could be at a cool vampire rave mm-hmm. where you're going to get eaten or some shit, turned into some superhero, fight Wesley Snipes, mm-hmm. just meet Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Like... I mean, he or he could save your life. You could, there, there's that part, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Save that one guy. That's true. That's about it. Yeah. He is he is kind of like all about saving people. He is. And like, like he, know, how many people does he save? He saves Dr. Jensen. Um and he saves he saves that guy at the rave. He saves Dr. Yeah. Jensen. And he technically saves the world because that Lamagra was supposed to turn everybody in the world into vampires. That's right. Yeah. Which also didn't make any sense because like brought up in the movie, like if the whole world is vampires, what is there to feed on? Mm-hmm. No, there's that whole thing. Uh-huh. Everybody is super. Then no, no one, one is. is. Oh, yeah. That's such a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, and one other thing about that blood rave scene that mm. frustrated me actually through this movie and the second movie is that vampire women seem to wear a surprising amount of white and then they get covered in blood regularly. And I'm yeah. like, that just seems like bad fashion choices. Like, you know that it's going to happen. Like, you're you're a vampire. You're an adult. You're responsible. It's like wearing a... It's like wearing your, your nice, like, white, you know, 
button up to the Italian restaurant, right? Like it's that's just foolish common sense stuff. You're kind of asking for it, right? You are, yeah. And then that's and that's exactly it. I mean, like mm-hmm. you go into this rave, half the people have on like a white shirt or a white jacket. I think one person is actually wearing white from head to toe. Yeah. Then the blood rave happens. Yeah. And then they're just covered in blood, and I'm like, so what did we learn? Mm-hmm. Get more tied sticks. Yeah. I was thinking that it was like the brightest rave in the world. Surprising. For, until the, the sprinklers went off. Yes. It was like, this is a bright and tight party. This is the middle of the day. This is <laughs> this is unlike any rave that I've yeah. even You're like, why heard can, of. Why can we see what's going on so easily? That just seems yeah. odd, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I understand if they had like strobe lights and you can only see when the strobe goes off. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. Yeah. But you're like, no, I can, I can see... All of the things. Mm-hmm. It's very odd. Well, my my other favorite thing about the rave scene is the fact that written on the wall of the club mm-hmm. is like it's like written in blood is the word blood. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe my favorite thing of the entire movie. The entire franchise. Is that is that like is that, is that would you consider that to be meta? Like because it's blood written in blood. That's just nothing. It's just the word blood <laughs> written in blood in this movie where there's a lot of blood for absolutely no. Because isn't that behind like the really stupid vampire DJ? Yeah, I think. Like, I think. I never saw, like, the full word. I just kind of, like, mm-hmm. caught it in, like, reverse shots. Like, yeah. B-L-O. Oh. What, what is it? What? Oh. Yeah, blood. Right. Cool. <laughs> N- nicely nicely done. Yes. Art director, whoever the art director is. Yeah, they're they're not really, like, this movie's not about subtleties, people. It's not, not about subtleties at all. It's very in your face. Like, here's the things. Take it for what it is. Done. I appreciate the hustle. <laughs> Speaking mm-hmm. about the music. Mm-hmm. So one thing I didn't understand, like, it's not that I didn't understand. It was, I guess it's just like a 90s, early 2000s thing. I don't know. But why is it that, like, all of these, like, including, like, the Matrix and stuff. Mm-hmm. As soon as you get into, you know, like, dark and, like, mysterious and reclusive and mysterious, it's all... It's techno and drum and bass and yeah. that same kind of like music. You're just mm-hmm. like, but why? Why does that make you? Does that make you cool? I don't know. Like, I feel like it's a holdover from a lot of those like cyberpunk movies, like the early '90s. Like there was what's that one with Angelina Jolie? Oh, Hackers. Hackers. Oh yeah, yeah that's oh yeah no that totally well, yeah fits in that's there. that's nothing but you know goofy techno music mm-hmm. while they're like typing away and hacking because they're hacking. And they yell about their specs about their computer. That is the lamest thing ever. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, it's still in that time period where people don't know how computers or how to visualize computers in a film. Yeah. You know? And like this movie too, they're like, oh, analysis complete. And then it goes into like a full rendering of something and you're just like, yeah. what is this? What am I looking at? Why is yeah. there an animation playing on your computer randomly? Yeah. It like, made no sense. One of the mean, like, bully vampires at one point says to, you know, young, sexy, Deacon Frost vampire, he's like, oh, you'll never translate the sacred texts 
you'll never translate the hieroglyphics. It's never been done in a thousand years. And then mm. he just like plugs it into a computer and then it's like And then done. it's done. Yeah, yeah, it's done in but 10 what's, seconds. But what's funny about that, so then Blade gets piece of this vampire Bible, takes yeah. it back to Whistler, and Whistler's like, oh, this is this thing. And you're like, so How people can just that? read it. <laughs> people can just read it then. Maybe Whistler is a supercomputer. Oh. This is a sidebar. Whistler is Chris Christopherson, right? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> I have this real problem with, like, like not even attempting to learn characters' names mm-hmm. if I recognize the actor. Well, that's like... So, Blade and Whistler are literally the only two characters that I know, I, like, remember. Then it's Steven Dorff, and then yeah. Lamagra. That's all I remember. Those are the four names I remember yeah. from the whole movie. I had to... Full disclosure, look up Dr. Jensen. I was just calling her, like, doctor. Yeah. In my mind. Mm-hmm. And I, like, looked her up afterwards, actually, because I didn't recognize that actress. And, like, she's kind of not been in a lot. No, she was in, uh, like, a bunch of TV shows, I think. Okay. It was, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, because I looked her up as well, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also looked up um, the chick that played her mother. Because yeah. I'm like, she is in so much stuff, and she does not age. Yeah. It's, I was shocked she was in this movie, because I thought she was super young. Yeah. But like, I, like when I say young, I mean, I thought she was like 20, 25 or something, like mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Obviously, she can't be. She's probably like 45 or 50. Yeah. And oh my god, she looks the same. Yeah. Like which I was is nuts. going to say, like it, I kind of got the doctor and blade's mom mixed up a little bit Mm -hmm. in my head because like they don't even look that similar but like they they're the same age yes yeah well and that's the thing because she's a vampire she's not Mm -hmm. gonna age after that right so but the girl who played the doctor her name is inbushi wright Mm -hmm. um and her claim to fame is of course blade she was in dead presidents which i haven't seen in a really long time so i don't really remember Hmm. And uh, The Color of Love, which I don't know, and Fresh, with it, which I also don't know. Hmm. Um, she was on Chappelle's show, apparently. Okay. Yeah, those featured IMDb credits aren't to be trusted. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta dig into the full, the full No, but she, she really hasn't been in very much. Yeah, okay. She and Chappelle's show is like... She was just like trainee, a random ca- character, yeah. Trainee policeman number four she was calvin's girlfriend in episode 2.2 in 2004 yeah there you go i did i got i got nothing all right yeah and surprisingly most of the stuff she did was before blade um and then after blade yeah no she kind of just petered out 2018 was her last thing Uh maybe she was just like uh maybe acting isn't my thing because that kind of happens to people or sometimes the other thing is too is like you just can't find your space you know your niche yeah or like you're like something else comes up like oh hey i'm not actually as into acting as i thought oh hey i want to have a family oh hey i don't want to have to like put up with all the like creepy casting bullshit Mm -hmm. that's true Mm -hmm. um well the mother was played by santa laffin um and she was that that's why i recognize her so clearly because we just did um alien versus predator She's right. the the climber chick. It's oh, her. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she was born in 71. She's 
Not oh, down. geez. And she looks, and she looks amazing. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. She's playing Wesley Snipes' mom at the age of 27. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, yeah, she's, oh, she's going to be in the new Harley Quinn TV show as Catwoman. Harley Quinn TV show? Yeah, I'm not really Man. looking forward to it. Ugh. The Halloween costumes are going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. God, that was a difficult year. Because it was a shitty movie and everybody had to remind me of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just like, what are, what are you doing? This is not helping in any way. Like, why no. are you ruining my life? It's not because there's it. a new thing. We don't all have to do it. Exactly. Actually, that year, one of my favorite things, I went to Fan Expo and there was like, every two, you could throw, you know, you could throw a rock and hit a Joker or a Harley Quinn somewhere. Yeah. And then somebody showed up as the sorceress from He-Man. And I was like, what the fuck? You are the greatest person I've ever met in my life. Because nobody does the sorceress from He-Man. And it was beautiful. And she did such a beautiful job at it. It was just amazing. Um, And you have no idea what I'm talking about. Not especially. I've heard of He-Man. Oh, that's where that that uh, video that's like I wanna wake up the morning and then go outside and the go real high. I'm sorry. Yes. It's like proto. I, I need I need some more. Come on. I'm I'm pretty sure that's like proto <laughs> proto meme music. But I'm yes, gonna, I'm that, gonna have to look that up. That is He Man. Um, or <laughs> oh i see you just wanted to to, to watch me flop yes okay, yes cool. yes i did nice, um nice. or prince adam you know if you'd like to call him that or whatever cool. when he goes to gray skull <laughs> it's the sorceress that's there that gives uh, him the sword okay. and he goes um for the power of gray skull i am he-man mm-hmm. and then he turns into he-man yeah. and then cringer turns into battle cat right and then they fight skeletor right and then <laughs> The like He Man Hey Ya 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 song for ten hours like that's when that plays right yes like the ten hours totally video. totally right. okay. totally yes right. you you you're on the money you're on the money gotcha yes. gotcha <laughs> yeah I know uh, oh you're killing He-Man's me right great. Now. <laughs> oh I have a note here about so remember when she goes back to her apartment and that white officer who's the familiar oh yeah right that was comes to kill her there was nothing normal about that scene no there was nothing normal (laughs) especially when they get outside and you have a black guy and a black woman beating the shit out of a white guy who's a cop in public and everybody's walking by on the cop car on the cop car they haven't bent over his own car (laughs) they're just wailing on him this giant black dude and this shrimpy little white cop in the middle of the city one of the like key themes of these movies is people blatantly committing crimes yeah. in, fully in public and, and just no can. one cares. Yeah. You know, it's that's like, what is that what is that called like um a crowd apathy or or yeah. pedestrian apathy or whatever? There was that case in like the 50s where like a woman was murdered in New York mm-hmm. and like supposedly 50 people like witnessed it. Yeah, or like were aware, like heard her yelling or whatever, and just well, like well, even anything, right? not too long ago, there was this. Um, so this person was be there was a person being mugged, mm. and this homeless guy went to go save them, and the mugger stabbed him, 
and he, the person ran away because they're like, oh, and it was like a woman, I think, who was okay. being mugged. Yeah. And she like, when the guy intervened, she ran away because that's what you do. You, it's flight, you know, yeah. uh, if you're not going to fight. Yeah. And so she ran away. And then, so this homeless guy got stabbed and he's literally crawling down the sidewalk. Yeah. asking people for help and there's continuous video from different businesses yeah, yeah, yeah. showing him reaching for people asking for help people are just like ew and passing by him and you're just Jesus. like oh my god bystander apathy and that's what it is bystander yeah, apathy. Yeah. that's like um like you know you're in school and there's a bullies fighting up a wimpy kid and you're like i yeah. should do something and then you don't bystander apathy yeah that's what that is because it's like everyone if they all if everyone decided to help at the same time, mm -hmm. it'd be wonderful. But or even if, if one person decided to help, somebody else yeah. would do it. Yeah, that's right. But like, no one is going to be that first person to do it because yeah. they don't want to be the only person to help mm -hmm. and then have to take on the entire responsibility. Situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is that most people are just like, "Oh, I would never do that." You've probably already done it. Mm -hmm. Or you probably like will do it at some point in time, whether you want, no matter how good of a person you are, totally. that's going to happen to you at some point in time where you don't yeah. step in where you think you should have. And mm -hmm. that's exactly what that is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just like human nature. It's one of the reasons that cities kind of suck. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Living you in know. a city is kind of this Kafka-esque mm -hmm. hellscape. In well, because your automatic ways, thought, oh, right? is that guy is going to do it? Yeah. Or, you know, that other person is going to take care of it. Oh, what am I supposed to do? There's somebody else is more qualified to do whatever. That's mm -hmm. what you're going to think, you know, yeah. or what, what am I supposed to do exactly? Yeah. And boom, then it's yeah. over. Yeah. But, you know, that wasn't my thought when I watched this initially, but it's a good point. Uh -huh. But my thought was, like, where's the racist white lady when you need her? Yeah. Because um, in that instance, I mean, I think it would be warranted. Yeah. I mean, so, that scene turns right around because, like, at the start, he is just in her place. Mm -hmm. Like, he's in her apartment. Yeah. And she's, like, very understandably like, hey, what the hell? What are you doing in here? And he was mm -hmm. like, hey, whoa, the door was open. My first thought like, was like, what? you're running for your life and you left your door open? Like, I would automatically open door, close door, lock door. That's how that works. That's true. That's a very fair point. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm pretty sure cops don't just get to walk into your place if the door is open. Well, um, technically, there is a, uh, if there is a, what? Oh, shit. Like, I'm if not... they're really suspected of a crime or something. Yeah, it's it's something open. it's something to do with that. Like if okay. there there's like there's it's like imminent danger or if they're like suspecting like something bad is happening or whatever, okay. like they they could, they're technically allowed to go in. Um but yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's it. I mean, we're stuck up here in Canada like expecting the police to behave like even somewhat reasonably. Yeah, we're we're lucky to have that false hope yeah um, yeah that but, is that's yeah. it it's like we get to have this nice false sense of security up yeah. in canada where... and a slight superiority over the u.s but yeah yes. absolutely absolutely <laughs> you know at least we're not getting like shot in the back of the head while we're running away like you that's know if our good. if we're getting arrested for you know trumped up charges or something like that at least it isn't it's true yeah. it's it's at least not getting shot in the back of the head that's true mm. um 
I actually think most of the world right now is kind of like we're better than the states, <laughs> which most of them aren't. Um, <laughs> most of us aren't, I should say, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, like we just Where are your most most of your listeners from? <laughs> I don't I think Canada right now. Okay. Yeah. Oh nice. Um and some in the Caribbean. Mm. You know that it's mostly family in the Caribbean. Mm. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I really should look at my demographics more. I don't I don't really know that much. Speaking of bystander apathy, two things that I noticed. There is an awful lot of paper blowing around this city. <laughs> like, yes. holy mackerel. I I mean, I guess it's 1998. Like, newspapers are probably still, like, a pretty mainstream thing. There's yes. probably, like, a lot of paper waste that goes on in a big city. But, like, it's it's that, it's that you know, gritty crane shot where there's all the paper blowing around the ground. Yeah, and like, the hero uh... is walking into the distance in the dark, right? Yeah. Like, it's like... It's city tumbleweed is the paper blowing in the wind. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is what it is. That's yeah. absolutely true. And so there's that. And then there's also just random fires burning in alleys <laughs> all the time. But um, only when the villain is like walking You've down never the alley. noticed that before? Right? It totally happens everywhere. I mean, I guess I've never run into a villain in an alley. That's true. Like How about I've, an arch nemesis? I know where my arch nemesis is at all times, and I intend, and like, I, I make sure that I'm never in the same alley, mm-hmm. or like, if we are, then it's me that's creeping up on them. Yeah. And I guess when that happens, fires do spontaneously light, and, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of frame my face nicely while I do my, like, so, little bad guy soliloquy. So, yeah, yeah. no, you're right, you're right. So, do you think those, the flames ignite from your hatred for, for them, or is it that their evilness ignites the fire? I think it's. I think when you're about to launch into like a really nice monologue, mm-hmm. there's been enough like you know good stories told over the years that you know the earth is just like yeah he about to do it mm-hmm. he about to do it. So and they're then, they're like, flames of a, a certain type of passion is what you're saying. Uh, no, I think it's purely aesthetic. Just, just, light, purely just aesthetic. to light your face. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so like, and, and to look menacing. Like the universe knows. You're like, no, we yeah. need good lighting for this because shit's gonna happen. Oh yeah, boom. Mm-hmm. Like what do they call it? It's like pathetic fallacy, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I'm actually, gonna, I better I, I better look I said, up what that I means. I said mm-hmm, like I know what that means, but I, yeah. I better look up what that means first. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, pathetic fallacy. Yeah, so that's like the. It's like the environment reacting to like the emotion of the situation. Oh, on, right? so like so it's like you know if I'm about to say something like really really cool, yeah, and then, lightning strikes. That's right. The fires okay. spring up, and I'm like, well, well, well. <laughs> if it isn't Mr. Blake, yeah, more like Mr. Butterknife. Ha ha ha! <laughs> and then my henchmen are just like cracking their knuckles mm-hmm. and. Like giggling along, and they're slightly shorter than me. <laughs> and then the, the fight's about to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Pathetic fallacy it is. I will remember that in every rom com when it just suddenly starts to rain on a sunny day for no reason. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. That is some pathetic, pathetic fallacy. If you Seriously. Ask me. You're just like, come on. Up top. High five. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> sure. Let's see. So, so Pearl, the archivist. Oh, oh, ew. hell yeah. Ew. Oh, yeah. 
Like, um, that's... Like, I knew going into watching both of these that the second one was uh, directed by, like, Guillermo del Toro. I actually didn't know that until I started watching it, and, like, his name came up, and I was like, what? Yeah, right? Yeah. But, like, I expected the coolest creature creepy crawly thing to be in the one that he directed mm-hmm. but no nah, it was it was pearl it was it was in the first one so so the thing about the f- watching it on the dvd the first dvd i have is called the uh the new line platinum series version <laughs> and it oh, has wow. a whole bunch of little um featurettes on it oh yeah and so they talk about this pearl thing which was apparently crazy heavy. They had to load it on like the back of a flatbed and all that kind of stuff. And it was apparently $8,000 worth of latex put into it. And it took like five people to operate, which I was just like, excuse me? It could have been like a layer of latex on the outside and like paper mache on the inside. Well, they want, like, that's, but that's the thing that I think makes it look as gross and real and cool as it does because they didn't do that. Yeah. Right? Because what they did was, so apparently, so the head of Pearl was, of course, like a real person that um, get got loaded up underneath it. And, like, their head comes out of a hole and then they get, like, right, fixed right. into it or whatever. But then apparently the two arms were controlled by two different people. And like, you know how the chest one is like undulating from like being burned and stuff? It was like three people under there doing like a, doing like a thing. And I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. (laughs) And it was probably one of the most expensive things they did in the movie was for like those two scenes. Well, it was effective. It it was very effective. (laughs) <laughs> that makes me think of like the Swedish chef on the Muppets. Uh huh. No, he's the only Muppet with hands. <laughs> and it's like, you know, someone's controlling the hands and then someone else is controlling the head. No, isn't it like a one person's controlling the head and one hand and another person's controlling the other hand? Isn't that what it is? Oh, geez, maybe. I don't know. He's a little too dexterous for that. Like, oh, maybe, I would, I would yeah. think that, like, he's because he's doing things with both of his hands. It would be pretty impressive yeah. if it was two different sets of. Hands. Or no, see, I think I'm, I think I'm thinking of like, um, like Kermit and stuff. Yeah. Because yeah, because them being like the Muppets, it's like one person is his face and one hand, and yeah, the other person yeah, is a different yeah. hand. So maybe that's what I'm thinking. That's of. right. I yes. think that's right. I mean, I think it's all kind of crazy. <laughs> I, do, I don't know. I would actually think I would never want to see any of that filmed because it would ruin some of the magic for me. Yeah. Yeah. You see like behind the scenes shots of, you know, Jim Henson and Frank Oz and all those people like mm-hmm. reaching up and. And there's like know. a screen down here that they're looking at. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like it, the camera is like a solid six seven feet in the air because that's where the actual set is because it's like people standing up and Mm -hmm. it's i don't know seems less cool when you see that way it's like uh learning like learning how to do magic you're like no the illusion is the fun part (laughs) when you learn what's behind it you're just like meh all right that's lame guys i just want to believe that kermit is like his own his own you know uh, living entity that just happens to have wires coming off of both hands it happens to the best of us sometimes wires just come up but you can't you can't control it you see his whole body when he's playing the banjo and the rainbow connection it's true so explain that atheist (laughs) he's real i tell you liberals (laughs) 
You fools. <laughs> but don't you understand? A pig and a frog can have love. Uh-huh. God. Oh. Yeah, I'm not taking it back. It's true. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was unnecessarily crude. That's like, um, uh, what is it? What's long and green and smells like Miss Piggy? Oh, God. Kermit the Frog's finger? Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> really telegraph that one. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I should, you know, I should retell that joke at some like random part somewhere. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, yeah. one second, here's the joke, and then you'll find it funny. Because yeah. Anyways. Oh man. I'm good. All I thought about what's that guy's name? Sorry. Which one? The the big fat dude. A uh, pearl. Yeah. So all I thought when I saw pearl for the first time. It was like, I'll wash myself with a, a rag, rag on, on a stick. stick. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I didn't, but yeah, okay, yes, that makes perfect sense. My goodness. And then yeah. the reporters cheer. <laughs> like, the, the best character on The Simpsons is Crowds. Cause they'll, yeah, because they'll just like say "yay" and applaud. At or what the, about the, the children? Worst moments. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's, that's all I guess. It's just so <laughs> so delightful when there's like a round of applause at someone washing themselves with a rag on a stick. I mean, light. I mean, technically, our society does that. We watch shows like Six Hundred Pound, My Six Hundred Pound Life, and and all that True. kind of thing, and it's just ugh. There was this one British show. Uh, what was it called? So wh- one thing I I hated and liked about it is that what they did was they switched some person who's extremely skinny and some person who's extremely fat okay. who both have extremely bad diets, right? And uh, what okay. they do is yep. they switch each other's diets. Okay. So the fat person eats the, what the skinny person eats, huh. and the skinny person eats what the fat person eats. Yeah, yeah. So, like, they'd have things like, I remember one episode where a guy would eat, um, he was technically getting his calories because he'd eat, what, a chocolate bar, a meal, pretty much, and then oh, drink geez. wine for dinner. That's pretty much what his day was. Wow. And then the fat guy was, like, on, like, for breakfast, it was, like, a rash of bacon, like, 12 eggs, and a loaf of bread, and blah, 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 and they'd give it to, like, the big guy, and, like, the skinny guy, and he'd be like, eat this. <laughs> And he'd take like one bite and he's like, I'm full. He's like, no, no, no. You have to eat this. And the fat guy would eat like You're a chocolate bar and he's just like, is, is that it? They're like, yeah, that's all you eat for the next like eight hours. And he'd be like, what the fuck? You're on television. What we get to mean? torture you however we desire. Yeah. yeah. And actually one thing, I, I what the thing I liked about it was the fact that they showed that you can be skinny and have a really bad diet and be sick and horrible and unwell as well as being on the other spectrum where people are like, of course this person is sick and unwell because they're super like obese. Yeah. I'm like, no, there's people, other people hiding it as well, right? And then, of course, the whole show is about getting healthy and how to improve your diet and uh-huh. what you should really eat and blah, well, blah, blah. Well, only, only the third act was about that. The well, first, yes, the first is The first two acts are about making fun of people whose bodies are different. Yeah, and kind of torturing them. Yeah. Yeah. Because they deserve it. They're bad. Just like, they're bad people. <laughs> they're bad people. I it, the the funniest thing was always it wasn't even the skinny person looking at what the fat person ate. It was always the the fat person just eating this tiny amount of food. Yeah. The skinny person ate. It was just like, what else is there to eat? They're like, no, that's it. That, yeah. Nope, that's all you're getting. That's it. And you're just like, oh, 
That's like also similarly unhealthy, like radically changing your diet. Like mm. you're making fun of people who are have unhealthy diets. Yes. And you know, to make them better, you're giving them an unhealthy diet mm-hmm. of radical overnight change. Yeah. Like that's not yeah. right. Um, and the <laughs> other thing was is especially with the bigger person, they always had a person who was an enabler because they were usually too big to walk anywhere, mm-hmm. get out of bed or whatever. So there was somebody who's always bringing them all of this food mm-hmm. and it was all about like, no, you're killing them. I know yeah. you love them, whatever, but you're killing them. Uh-huh. This is what you're doing. This is how to make it better. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, this oh. is what you're doing. This is what I want you to do. Exactly. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that Master yes. of Disguise reference doesn't work as well on podcast form, I guess. No, that is very true. This is my segue into asking to be on the Master of Disguise episode. <laughs> There's no Master of Disguise episode. <sighs> I'm sorry. I, I mean, no, no. Yeah. Tell you the truth. Not sorry. Not sorry at all. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yes. That's fair, I guess. Yeah, there are some lines I won't cross, and that's one of them. Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mind you, you will judge me on some of the movies that I own. That is that is 100%. I doubt that very highly. What? There's like Cheech and Chong in there and stuff. Cheech and Chong are classics. Really? Get out of town. They invented stoner humor. That is, they did. They made it. There's no Seth Rogen without Cheech and Sean. That is so true. And I do enjoy some of those Seth Rogen movies. I really do. It's kind of horrible. Okay, so then don't judge me on Cheech and Sean. I won't. How about Polly Shore is dead? Oh, no, that's a good one. Polly Shore is good. Polly Shore has the right attitude toward Hollywood. No, but Polly Shore is, have you seen Polly Shore is dead? It's like, it's him going around and talking to people about how he's dead, right? And like, it's the, the joke is that no one knows who he is. No, the joke is that he's dead and then people think he's dead. Yeah. They go to a bunch of celebrities and they see all these good things about him and then they find out he's alive and they're just like, that guy's a fucking asshole. It's, it's, the, <laughs> it's, it's that kind of thing. So yeah, so there's that. You can Very judge me good. on that one. What else can you judge me on? Jeez, yeah, I didn't, I didn't rifle through the, the famous shelf I mean, there, nearly there, as closely a, as I should have. There's a lot in there. There really is a lot in there. It's a big shelf. It's actually several shelves. Sorry, yeah. spoiler. A no. little inside baseball spoiler. for the listeners. I know. <laughs> Things are coming up, I tell you. I will also say that you have your X-Files seasons uh, sorted 2, 3, 1. Sorry, what? Nope, that's wrong. No, that's that's just That's just not correct. I, the the four looks like a one from here. Oh no! Oh, that's a four. Okay. Trust me, if it was reversed, I'd probably have a conniption and get up and change it right now. This is quality content. This is <laughs> this is making it into the podcast. Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> yes, uh, my organizational thing. The funny thing is, is that actually a few times I tried to do the high fidelity thing, where you know, put it in like um, what there was chronological order, right. and then there was like a meaning, and then there was mm. like stages in life and blah 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 Mm -hmm. and then when i did it i was like i did chronological order first and then i was like i can't find anything i don't know when anything was made yeah and then the second time i was like oh meaning and i was like everything needed to be first and i was like everything either like was in first or was last and i didn't know how to fill in the in between i was like this is too stressful put it back in alphabetical order done and that like changes day to day like you know, it does. It really, to, really does. Trying to watch some like weepy coming of age drama all the time. That's true. You know? 
I gotta be in a mood to watch Stand By Me, but like when I'm in that mood, that's like that is that's like S tier stuff. Oh but, yeah, you know. for sure. But oh. you know, Quality. it's not always it's not always time for that. No, sometimes it's time for Blade. Yes, and sometimes it's time for George of the Jungle. No, I don't have George of the Jungle. I have uh, oh. Curious George. Sorry. Curious oh, okay. George. That's different. Love Curious George. Who's too sick? Quality soundtracks. Quality. Yeah, it's um, what Jack Johnson. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, should we continue talking about Blade? I suppose so. <laughs> I do have a couple more. I do have a couple more notes about Blade. Uh huh. Um, as I assume you do as well. Yes, I have a few. I have. Oh. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean. This is kind of a throwaway thing, but it did distract me and prevented me from focusing on the movie whatsoever. Um, there's w- this one musical theme in the movie mm-hmm. that's that like it doesn't even sound like a, like a musical theme from Harry Potter. It just is a musical theme from Harry Potter. What? It's like the and you know this is gonna fall on deaf ears, but maybe some listeners can relate. It's like the da da da. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. like that that's like the oh shit's getting serious like mm-hmm. the the kind of like sinister suspense music throughout so, blade so you know that means harry potter stole it from blade well right? it did apparently <laughs> oh jeez yeah and like who did the harry potter music was it like is someone super famous like no was it john williams was it hank Hans zimmer okay so let's see who did the music for since i'm on blade right now who yeah. did the music for blade let's oh look at that god. first what if it's the same oh my god it might be you never know um maybe we're just the first pe- maybe i am the first person ever to have seen blade and harry potter so it's <laughs> yes maybe. do you think it's possible maybe. i mean i know i have so i'm gonna say no but sure let's go with it we're good with it um so it says here music by mark isham right all right um well i guess i could just click on him Let's see what he else he's done. Do we see? Oh, that's a hell of he a headshot. He did Black Dahlia, The Lucky One, Eight Below. Mm, quality. Blade is his first credit on IMDb. Makes me think that he didn't do the music for Harry Potter. Harry Potter is totally someone like turbo famous. Like, well, I think it see. might it might be John Williams. It's one of those like a, a composer that up. people have have heard of. And Meaning that it's either Hans Zimmer or John Williams. I'm sorry. What? What is in the Sorcerer's Stone? I'm sure. Like I, I think they were. I think they were all the same. That's a very upsetting ad you have on your IMDb right now. It's for something called Midsummer, and it's a woman's oh, crying face. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I heard about that actually. Jordan it Peele said jo- it was really good. It is John Williams that did the music yeah, for it. So. No, maybe. shit, John Williams. You're ripping off my boy Mark. Seriously. Brutal. So I did not get those music cues. Harry Potter. I guess I don't know Harry Potter enough to pick up on it or whatever. So uh-huh. maybe when we get to the H's and we get to Harry Potter, I'd be like, oh my god, he was so right. Pretty wow, it's that musical cue from Blade. <laughs> John Williams is a big piece of shit. God, man. Just because you were around 30 years before doesn't mean you're still good. Are you willing to come out right now and and like put a line in the sand and call this podcast an anti John Williams podcast? No, he's done some great things. All right, fair enough. <laughs> we're, also, we're not at the H section yet. No, and I ha- also haven't heard bad things about him yet. 
yet. I mean, yeah. I put yet at the end of everything now, so it's fine. You kind of have to. <laughs> you have to, because all of a sudden, shockingly, you're just like, oh my god, mm-hmm. and horrible things. Oh, wow. That would be a big one, I think. Oh, yeah. Like, if John Williams got got canceled. Yeah, because he has oh, touched so many big films that are out yeah. there. Like, I know George Lucas tried his best to ruin Star Wars, but <laughs> that would also help with the ruining of Star Wars. Absolutely. Um, what else did you do? Indiana Jones yep. and... E.T. E.T. Didn't he do Superman as well? Or was that somebody else? Maybe. Probably. I don't know. He did a bunch of stuff. That That's the key to all of it. Like, Harry Potter, apparently. Yeah. That's also like... Um, oh, what's the guy who did the Simpsons theme and all of the... Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman. Oh, that would kill me. That would kill me. I love, I love his stuff. I think he did the Rugrats theme song, too. He did. Uh, he also did uh, Men in Black. He did all of the uh, Tim Burton movies. Or most, say... most of the Tim Burton movies, I think. Because he didn't do Batman, the first Batman movie, because that was Prince. Right. Um, and I think there's another one he didn't do as well. And I want to say he did Cat in the Hat. I think so. Which, in which case, Hero. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, to tell you the truth. Also, that movie is horrible, and I feel <laughs> sorry for him. So you have it? Is it on the shelf? No, <sighs> definitely not. As I said, there are certain lines I do not cross. <laughs> this is part of that line. There. No, David Newman did um, music mm. for that and that. I wonder if he's related to Randy Newman. Oh my god, imagine. <laughs> I'm just going to click on his name and see if I can find out. He is son of Oscar-winning composer Alfred Newman. Hmm. It doesn't say anything about Randy Newman in here. Rats. He is also brother to Thomas Newman and cousin to Randy Newman. Hey! There you go. Very good. There you go. Not bad. They're all composers. He's also got another cousin called Joey Newman, who's also a composer. And is also nephew to Emil Newman and Lionel Newman, who are also composers. What's Newman's first name on Seinfeld? Does he even have one? Don't do that. I don't, I don't, why are you breaking me? Why are you like this? Jeez. I want to draw a direct line between Seinfeld and Cat in the Hat right now. Like six degrees of separation? Let's see. Yeah, the the, the two smartest comedies of our generation. They deserve to, to have this link. Yeah, Wayne Knight Newman is only listed as Newman. Nice. That's good. I guess I'm not really trying to insinuate that Randy and David Newman are related to the fictional character Newman on Seinfeld. Haha! Newman does not have a first name. Oh, interesting. But he is accidentally called Norman by a farmer's <laughs> daughter uh, in the episode... The bottle deposit. And the funny thing is, is I know exactly what episode that is. There you have it. By the title. You're hmm. welcome. You know, random knowledge in my brain. Thank you. Next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Oh, I have to make one note about this yeah, movie. Of course. Uh, well, technically it's about both movies. Yeah, yeah. And it has to do with silver. Oh. So, one thing in both movies that's made clear is yeah. that. Blade uses silver on all, almost all of his weaponry. Yeah, he never right? stops 
he never shuts up about silver about nitrate. Silver. Yes, exactly. Silver nitrate and garlic oil. Yes. Whatever the hell. Yes. And um wait, what's the the stuff the hematologist gives him that's like supposed to counteract some other disease but but oh. it makes them explode or whatever. It's like some. It's like an acronym, right? It's like E A E T F A. Yeah, something like that. Some yeah. I don't know. That makes them explode in the grossest way possible. And the, it's hilarious. All the hematologists out there are gonna be like, it's "Oh my the- god, it's obviously this. You're so <laughs> stupid." Duh. Duh. <laughs> um. But yeah. So I was like, so I was sitting there thinking about all the silver that he's using. And then even in, especially in his, um, his gun, which is a automatic weapon that yeah. he's shooting all the time and shooting up all these bullets. I'm like, how much silver is this man using? Like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I did some calculations. Ooh. I did. Math. Uh, right. Mathematical. <laughs> so, Rhombus. So first of all, I have to figure out what gun he was use, using. Of course. So technically his gun is um, not the semi-automatic, but the automatic um, gun he was using. Yeah. Is actually based off of a Mac 11 subcompact machine pistol. Shit. FYI. Um, which fires a... 0.38 ACP round. I don't know what any of that means, but that's what it is. All the American listeners are like, of course, it's some compact uh, that fires an ACP 138. <laughs> 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 Sorry. And each one of those bullets weighs approximately six grams. Oh. Um, and his gun, that gun, can fire up to 1,200 rounds a minute. 1,200. Hundred. Oh my! That is a lot of bullets. Absolutely. So, and currently, did a little googling. Uh-huh. Currently, silver is uh, priced at forty nine cents a gram. Right. <laughs> okay. So that is yep, yep. three dollars, two dollars and ninety four cents per round. Right. Therefore, he's expending <laughs> three thousand five hundred and twenty dollars a minute. To kill vampires. Uh, two things. First, Blade is that bitch, and he will <laughs> spare no expense to blow these motherfuckers out of the realm that we're currently inhabiting. Yes. Second of all, what was the price of silver in 1998? Oh, that is... Okay, so... Now you're calling me out on my calculations. I'm sorry that we live in this call-out culture (laughs) now, but I gotta do it. I'm sorry. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Whatever. In 1998, it just says 1998, $5.54. And I don't understand if that's... It doesn't say... It doesn't say a weight or anything. So I'm just like, just I don't... Just in, in 1998... $5.54. $5.54. Yeah, I don't, okay. I, don't, I don't know what that means. No, that, that clears it up. No, think about it this way. 1998... Oh, it's per ounce. Oh, that ruins everything. Okay, yeah. never mind. Hold on. <laughs> Convert ounce. I'm just going to do that just in case it's funny. Like think it, think about it this way. So an ounce is twenty eight grams, twenty eight point three grams. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Okay. We're gonna do more calculating, people. All right. More calculating is happening. So that means, um, so 
So it's 554 divided by 28.3. So that's 19, well, we'll round it up to 20 cents per gram. Okay, so that's about, it's a little less than half. Right? It's a little less than half. So, but that's still, uh, what number did I just so that's say? It's still, what, like 1,500 bucks a minute? Uh, Something like 15, that? 16, 1,700 bucks a minute. Jeez. Yeah, that's still a lot of money. And especially Man. with inflation. And especially with, like, workers' wages not rising, workers' real purchasing power not rising with inflation, mm -hmm. you know... Blade was probably more able to afford that at the time than he is now. Than he is now, But for he's sure. still expected to pay the exact same price for silver, mm -hmm. the exact same price for rent, mm -hmm. the exact same price for food. Yep. And he's still expected to kill all these vampires mm -hmm. who are definitely like globalist elites who have never had to pay anything, anything in, in their, their lives. Life. It's ridiculous. This is how, this is why people in our society are oppressed. That's right. Okay? This is what this comes to. That's why the vampires will take over and no Blackula vigilante will be able to save us. FYI. I'm worried that this is turning into InfoWars. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. I care too much about you to see you to see go that down happen. that road. Although I hear selling bunk dick pills is pretty lucrative business. Yes, it's very. It's apparently like a what is like a six hundred million dollar a year business or something. Or something, it's something like that. ridiculous. Wow, what a perfect segue into an ad break. Why don't we <laughs> listen to this lovely ad for dick pills? <laughs> dick pills they make your dick big. I swear, dick pills. <laughs> and we're back. Um. So, yeah, I think we can move on to Blade 2 and discuss that. I guess so. Um, but before we do, FYI, LL Cool J originally wanted to play Blade, by the way. I saw that. That's mm -hmm. crazy. Dude, were there any other, like, And also, at the same time, they were trying to develop a Black Panther movie, and Wesley Snipes was originally supposed to play Black Panther. Oh, damn. Boom. Tidbits of information. Wakanda forever. Boom. Yes. So, there you go. We would have been living in Wakanda at this point. We yeah. would have been Wakandanites. Wakandians? Wakandian. I think Wakandian. We all would have been Wakandian yeah. in 2019. Yeah, and I think Wesley we would have Snipes been okay with it. If played Black Panther in yeah. 1998. And it would have been amazing. Is that fair to say? I think so. I, I thoroughly think so. Nice. I think we would have been better for it. Mm-hmm. 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 What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, you can't turn back time. Or can you? <laughs> All right, Blade 2! So, four years later, you know, Blade's been put away for a little while. Yep. He comes back and they're like, no, we're gonna kick some ass, get some more blood out there, yep. we're gonna kill some shit, make this happen. More vampires. And he comes back. There's, he, he really is an abject failure in, in the first movie. He doesn't kill all the vampires. The vampires are still a threat. Yes. But he does stop them from taking over the world, though. That's true. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. And, but this one, he comes back, and he's still going around the world, stopping the vampires, mm -hmm. and, but then he gets recruited by a vampire group because they are scared because they're being hunted. That's AKA, right. the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's right. Right? 
Yeah. And yeah, we go from there. It's horrible to see the level of vampire on vampire crime that's going on. It's so in sad. This franchise. It's, it's so sad. Might be a metaphor for something. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I could. What's possibly... really funny in a lot of other vampire movies, they actually insist that like a vampire cannot kill another vampire. Huh. Or else it's against our society and we will have to put you to quote-unquote death mm-hmm. for it. I mean, in, like, in your classic vampire movies like Nosferatu and all that, like there's one vampire. Yes. Right? There Dracula, one vampire. one vampire. Like when did there start being, you know, dozens of vampires? When did vampires become like a race instead of like an individual? Um, that is a good question. Well, I mean, even in like Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is also great because Gary Oldman is great. Yes. Even he was living in his castle and was kind of secluded, but he wasn't the only vampire. He had turned quite a few other people. Right. But like Nosferatu, there was, when did Interview with a Vampire come out? Because that one was like, vampires were a bunch of, that was, that was when vampires became hot. Yeah, they were, like, sexy. Because vampires was... before that were, like, they were ugly. Like, yes. they were gross yeah, They were weird baldos. They were really skinny and menacing. And all of a sudden they had long, luxurious locks and mm-hmm. were Scientologists. And, yeah. Interview with the Vampire came out in 1994. So, yes. There you go. So, I would say around then where it was a structured society yeah. where they became, like, a race. Okay. And that got built into, like, um, Underworld as well that came yeah. not too long after that stuff. Mm-hmm. Or after Blade and things. Because that came out in, what, 2005? 2003. Just one year after that one. There so go. there you go. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> the first note that I have on Blade 2 is, quote, IDKY, I'm only realizing now that this is just Buffy. <laughs> Well, it's not. <laughs> no, you're wrong. Go on. Because was I'm sorry. I wait. What you're saying is this Buffy, or this is pretty much just Buffy. Yeah. Is the, are you basing that on the movie or the TV show? There's a Buffy movie. It's over there. I'm sorry. Dude. I'm so sorry, dude. Ugh. Yes, there they is were, a Buffy TV sh- uh, movie. The Buffy stands were on board, and then they just jumped off board. I, I had them for a second there. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Wow, yeah. No, I'm very much a, I like the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, and people hate me for it, because they're like, Buffy the Vampire TV show was amazing, and I'm just like, meh. I've also lost those people. Yes. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I guess I'm basing it on the show, Okay. and I guess I'm basing it on, you know, there's this normal, you know, vampire figure who's just you know, trying to live their life, but they also have to take out all of the vampire horde that are threatening mm. to take over the world. Or wait, so wait, at some point in time, Buffy becomes a vampire? I guess she's not, but like she has these, she, she has this like special designation where she's able to kill the vampires. She's a slayer, yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like she's this, you know, special chosen person who has a particular set of skills and, you know, Blade is obviously so like there's... <laughs> yes yes she she doesn't know where she doesn't know when but she will find all of the vampires yes and she will kill them yes <laughs> can i try that again with an irish accent what except for angel and spike apparently she doesn't know where she doesn't know when 
but she will find them. She will kill them. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody turns the bucket off. Like, no, <laughs> I think that was like Sean Connery. I don't think that was Liam Neeson. That was the wrong... Uh. That was the wrong person, nationality, really? and generation. <laughs> <laughs> no, what 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 I like about Blade Two, or, or the the opening of Blade Two, anyway, mm-hmm. because the the opening of Blade One was you know pretty spectacular. It was. It, it was it was an excellent cold open. It really got you into it mm-hmm. right away, and <laughs> Blade Two, he kind of just it's just like voiceover over the opening credits. It is. It's like, yeah. hey, uh, uh, hey, everyone, uh, I'm Blade, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm kind of a vampire. Movie. Yeah, this is what happened in the first movie. I'm kind of a vampire, mm-hmm. I guess. And I guess I have to kill the vampires. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever, whatever. But I don't, I tell you the truth, I don't understand why they did that, because as soon as that is finished and you actually get into the movie, that first part and, like, the blood bank and everything yeah. is just so cool and so well done yeah. they could, that could have just been the beginning of the movie yeah and they could have gone from there they come back cool. to it later yeah it's the climax it's cool it's dope mm-hmm. but yeah i know i don't know they they didn't they didn't jump right in yeah like they did in the first one no they i would didn't. have i would have liked to see that i think it was four years later and people were like people forgot we've got to tell them again you're like no you really don't i guess that's the problem with the sequel right like you're you can't only assume that you're you're only going to get people who've seen the first one like you have mm-hmm. to appeal to people who might be seeing blade 2 without seeing blade right yeah but the thing is is there's enough exposition in this movie for yeah. them to figure it out because especially when the other vampire society shows up or whatever mm-hmm. to take him in they're like you're like you are the daywalker who hunts us blah 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 yeah. they tell his whole backstory mm-hmm so you wouldn't have needed to see the first movie to understand yes. the dynamic. Absolutely. It was, would have been there. And this is like early in Guillermo del Toro's career. Like I've, mm-hmm. I'm not the best film historian ever, but like this, it kind of does seem to happen where as directors get older and, you know, they become more established, they get final cut. Mm-hmm. And they get a little more clout and they're able to say like, you know, no, you know, I know what I'm doing. This, you know, narrative element is fine the way it is. We don't need this goofy voiceover over the opening credits. Mm. But I think this is like, I think Blade 2 is Guillermo's like third feature or something like that. It is before Pan's Labyrinth and that's yeah. where he gets And that's all his career time. making yeah. moment, right? Like, mm. Yeah, I think it's right before Hellboy. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth is before Hellboy. Is it? And he did the second Hellboy movie, not the first one. Okay, because yeah, like it's you know I saw Ron Perlman and I was like ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> he so bet he better do it. So yeah, he did Blade Two. Oh, he did do the first Hellboy. Why did I think he wasn't the first Hellboy? Yeah. And then Pan's Labyrinth, and then Hellboy Two. Right. And then Pacific Rim. His weird. His his opus. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's only a few years before each of those. Yeah. It seems like Pacific Rim is really recently and like Pan's Labyrinth was forever ago. Because well, I, I think it's because there's such different types of films. Like yeah. quality wise, acting wise, story wise, you know, one is independent, one is pure Hollywood, yeah. one is robots and, and uh, 
monsters. And I guess the other one is is monsters, but more like a fairy tale and it's different types they're of very monsters. different. Yeah. And Panther Rim was 2006 and Pacific Rim was 2013. That actually is a pretty big well, separation. Okay. Yeah, it's a yeah. big gap. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Was Ron Perlman in Pan's Labyrinth? No, cuz he should have um what's his name? Uh I'm going to forget what his name is right now. That guy who does all of the scary monsters and stuff. Andy Serkis? No. <laughs> oh, you would think so, but no, that is not a <laughs> the, the only about. other scary monster. Doug Jones guy. is who I am talking about. Oh, okay. Because he does, so he's the, like, the goat dude that's in, like, the forest. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. he also does, like, the guy with the Ugh. eyes in his hands. He's Ugh. that guy. Okay. Um, I used like, to have genuine nightmares about that Because guy. that guy's fucking creepy. Yeah. That is for sure. I had nightmares like as a teenager about that. Um, yeah, Doug Jones was in The Shape of Water. He was yep. the water yep. dude. He was also in. He's Abe Sapien and Hellboy. Okay. Um, in Star Trek Discovery, right now he is Saru. Um, no, he do, showed up I, in a whole bunch of stuff. I do he, recognize this name that now that you, yeah. you mention it. He has what? 167 acting credits. You've probably seen something he was in. Holy smokes. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I guess being really good at being like a creepy crawly man. Yeah. That's, it's a pretty lucrative career path, really. But that was the if same you can thing pull, with, If you can um, manage it. But that was the thing with Andy Serkis before he decided, he's like, I'm famous enough that you can see my face and I can act yeah. in roles now. Yeah. Um, that's what, that was his thing. He played creatures. Yeah. And that's what... Yeah, and he killed it. And he killed it, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing with Doug Jones, too. I guess because he's not a conventional-looking individual, and he's also very tall and he's very lanky. He already has that kind of structure to be able to do the yeah. weird things, you mm -hmm. know? So it works. Mm -hmm. Something else I noticed about uh, Blade 2 that kind of made me rethink Blade itself is, like, in the in the opening few minutes we see uh like a streetcar drive by mm -hmm. and like it's it's for sure like a, a ttc streetcar like it, it straight up is like i don't i don't think it takes place in toronto no it takes place in the czech republic if i remember correctly i wouldn't be surprised if it was at least partially filmed in toronto or at least partially filmed in a place that has like the same model of streetcar i don't know I, I did not pick up on that at all Cause yeah, it just like kind of like flies through the screen once, but it's like, it's the same shape. It's red and white, mm -hmm. and you know all the all the words are are greeked out, obviously. But yeah, and and you know maybe maybe I'm misreading this. Maybe I'm totally wrong. But it really did seem like it was a TTC streetcar. And then I thought about like, what? Hey, it was filmed in Toronto. I'm right. Yeah, Very filmed good. in Toronto and Prague and Czech Republic. There you go. Um, in New York City. There you go. There you go. So you're probably I guess, totally I guess I'm, right. I guess I'm really smart. Yes, because I did not pick <laughs> up on any of that in any way, shape, or form. Sweet. So, like, there's for sure a TTC streetcar. And then, like, in the first movie, Blade holds, like, a vampire's head, like, against a, a moving subway. Yes. Like, as it's arriving. And, like, I think about that every single time. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, the subway's arriving in the station. I'm, mm -hmm. like, I could just jump in front of here right now like someone could push me from behind and i would be blown to bits because i always stand against walls in the subway yes yeah no yes. for real and in at the start of blade one he's driving this cool car all the time mm -hmm. and then by the end of it he's not driving it at all basically yeah 
and then in Blade 2, he doesn't really drive it much at all. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think Blade, the Blade franchise is a metaphor for moving toward a uh, city planning style that privileges uh, mass transport over, uh, like, single automobile driving. Oh, Based oh. on these three so it's, pieces it's a... of evidence alone and mm. nothing else. So it's a subliminal thing to be like, no, you don't need this loud yeah. car that takes up all of this space. You know, why don't you take a subway? Yeah. Why don't you walk over here? Yeah. Why he don't starts... you discover the underbelly of your city? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's driving in, at the start of Blade and then throughout the movie he's like, man... Man, I I've been trying to I've been trying to sell this car forever. I don't really want to drive. It's stressing me out. It's expensive. Yeah. I got to pay for insurance. This city is riddled with crimes. My premiums are outrageous. Mm -hmm. I got to pay for gas. Yeah. There's never any gas. All I can do is burn a bunch of tattered newspapers that are flying all over the city <laughs> and hope there was some kind of like some kind of vegetable oil or some mm -hmm. kind of lard that had dripped onto it somehow that I could use as fuel. Like, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just not in a good way. Like, what if there was a reliable transport system in whatever city this is? And, you know, I we got to get ourselves around somehow. Yeah. And, and there comes a train coming around the corner while you're being chased by vampires. You're like, boom! <sighs> Here's a subway. Not only is it going to transport me to where I need to go, but mm -hmm. I can kill some dude while i'm waiting it for it to arrive yeah that is true it's it's a uh, two birds with one stone absolutely know? for sure you i know, it's making the it's making the case for transit as uh like an offensive weapon as well as a public utility yes you're selling me on this idea i mean i'm i'm a little biased being one of these you know downtown urban elites or mm -hmm. something like that yes but uh i mean know. like when if I'm you home never on the weekend, yes, I agree with you. If you never want to leave your city, you never have to. Exactly, and you can get everywhere you need to without just stepping at your door. Like you're good to yeah, go. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Sell, I mean, sell your blade car. <laughs> <laughs> sell your blade car to me because that car was sweet. It was sweet. It was That's pretty true. sweet. That's yes. very, very sweet. <laughs> Jeez. He does ride a motorcycle at one point, though. You're totally right because yeah. he totally kills someone. With the motor, he's big into like killing people using modes of transportation. Yes, because like, he not... hits people with his car. He hits he people, people with his car. With the motorcycle. Yes. He uses the train. He uses the does train. He, use the... he doesn't use the streetcar. I don't he think he uses the streetcar. Right? But like he does it. He uses his motorcycle's tire, mm -hmm. right? Like he doesn't hit. He doesn't run into someone in a similar way to how he held someone's face up to like the the moving subway he held someone's yes. face up yes, to the tire yes. mm -hmm. and he just like wears it down oh, that's yeah. so cool that's balling as fuck. indeed you know and and really again is. it's you know it can be a metaphor for you know transit is or uh you know individual modes of transport like mm -hmm. you know cars motor they're killing us all yeah they're they're bringing about this climate catastrophe that everyone is always talking about. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't it be nice 
if we could all just you know hop on a streetcar and yeah. get to where and we especially need to go. in a city like Toronto where a lot of our buses that are on the street are using biofuels. Yeah. Our trains, like trains are run on electricity, which yep. is done by hydro. Yeah. You know, we're definitely reducing carbon footprints by taking Absolutely. them. For sure. You know, we just need to build the tracks to where they need to be. Need to go. Exactly. And yeah. we, we have started that infrastructure and Blades, like, guess what? Yeah. Use said infrastructure. We need to dig tunnels. Blade is digging graves. I, I told you I wasn't going to go all film school on you, but... <laughs> there you go. You know, You've done it. Hash You've done sw- it. Hash swag. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> uh, especially uh, one thing in this movie, too. Every time they had um, a shot of like a TV that's on, they were playing Puff- Powerpuff Girls episodes. Oh my god, are you serious? Yes. What? There were several... There were like... I think there were six scenes... And every scene, it was a Powerpuff Girls episode. How did I miss that? I don't know. What the hell? I was like, Powerpuff Girls! The That's first fantastic. time, I was like, ooh, I wonder what he's going to watch next. And then they showed it again. Powerpuff Girls! And it wasn't just... That's hilarious. Um, so it was... What's his face? Norman oh, Reedus? Oh, um, his character was the first one to have something on TV. Sorry, whose character? Norman Reedus. Oh. Uh, Scud. The guy. Oh, yeah, Scud. Him. Scud. Uh, yeah, he was the first one I saw, but, and yeah. then I was like, oh, maybe it's just a him thing. Yeah. Because they had it there, then he had it on in his, like, van, and then they had it somewhere else. But then also, they, it was one of the scenes where they were, like, in the club or something, and it's on one of the screens in the background, and I was just <laughs> like, Powerpuff Girls! Imagine yes. watching Powerpuff Girls in your van. I mean, is that creepy, or is that cool? Which it's, one is that? It depends whether... It's like a fold-down DVD player from a Dodge Caravan, mm-hmm. or whether it's you've somehow hot-wired a tube TV to be in your like Chevy Astro, and you're choosing to watch Powerpuff Girls. So what if it's the second one? No problem whatsoever. Totally cool? Absolutely. Oh! Much, much more interesting. <laughs> much more interesting. Absolutely. What made me angry about those scenes, too, is I was just like, I want to know what, what episode is that? I know what he's like. Oh, that's the one with the giant gorilla. I know that episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I get distracted by TV screens all the time. That's it's really weird. Yeah. Powerpuff Girls was a classic. It's so oh, man. And Cartoon tried... Network was filling it oh, in the really late were... 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Good lord. Uh, that one and Dexter's Laboratory were my jam. Dexter's Lab, Johnny Bravo, Spongebob, obviously. Yeah. So many others. Just, I mean, you it's... Just name cartoons that were out of that time period. There you go. It's, Absolutely. It's fine. Like, it's just... Ugh. And, like, so we had to, you know, watch these American cartoons, like, filtered through our CanCon system mm-hmm. on YTV, where a certain amount of, you know, content that you see on any channel had to be Canadian, right? Mm-hmm. And even the Canadian content at the time was slaying. Yeah. Like, it, it was, was, there was, was Angela good. Anaconda. That was mm-hmm. a fantastic show. Yes. Like, very kind of neat experimental animation, but, like, really good stories as well. Mm-hmm. I want to say Mode of the Vampire was Canadian. That was pretty good. Actually, I think it was, yeah. Pepper Ann. Doug was American for sure, but like, clutch. Wasn't, was it Art? One of those, Pingu. I'm going to say Pingu. I think Pingu. I love Pingu. Pingu's Quebecois, but still, it's amazing. I want to say. I think. Maybe it's just because it was always on TV, but I want to say like Arthur was a a US-Canada Copro. Yeah, Copro. 
maybe we're stealing valor from pbs maybe i don't know anyways we're just saying it was all good that's all we're saying so either way it's a positive it's positive okay just remember that absolutely yeah and like uh one one thing that we should have brought up earlier was blade sunglasses because i feel like they might need their own episode entirely oh yeah and i like the fact in the by the final scene, he the final fight scene, he's always lost his glasses and gets it back just in time for that fight. Absolutely. And he and like he'll beautiful. he'll kill someone and then like catch them in midair and there'll be like a <laughs> cut to him catching the glasses as and they then he fly puts off. them on. Yeah. And then that's when you're just like, yeah. Oh, this is all you motherfuckers. Yeah. And it's yeah. amazing. Sorry. It's like that his, was a reference to the final battle song that was name of the game by Crystal Method. That song is beautiful. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. I hope you play a clip from it right now. Um, yeah, okay. If it's I? under four seconds, I think you can get away can with it. Can I get away with it? Yes. I think so. Or maybe I might just put a link in the webpage. To yeah, the, yes, I might okay. do that. Okay, yes. Yeah. No, his sunglasses are definitely the mustache of his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to agree with you on that one. The mustache of his eyes. Yeah. I would think his eyebrows were the, with the mustache of his eyes, but got sunglasses, sure. I mean, we don't. I don't know if he has like notable brows. Like, are are Blade's brows fleeky, or are they? Oh my god, that makes. Well, the thing is, any picture of Blade that comes up, yeah, he has sung, He's got glasses on, and so it's an issue. And he actually isn't wearing his glasses for that much of either movie. No, probably I mean, less than half. You gotta less see than his. half. Yes, he has face. No, it's I no. Face. I think it's more than half. I think it's like three quarters. He's wearing his glasses, and about a quarter he's not. Okay, all right. I mean, he's he's not wearing his glasses for a significant portion of both films, and like I think that he, the character Blade, would be wearing his glasses a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. But you know, in a Hollywood movie with like sexy Wesley Snipes, like you got to show off his face a little bit, right? Uh, did you say sexy Wesley Snipes? Is Wesley Snipes not sexy? I mean, no. Ooh. I'm going to say no. Interesting. All right. Like he's like, I don't think he is. No, I kind of think he's ugly. Is it the hair? I don't know what it is, but there is something to me, despite me thinking he is very cool Mm-hmm. And, like, I would be very, like, I think he could save me, you know, which would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. There is something very, like, yeah, good about him. No, 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 understandable. Yeah. I mean. It's like the girl in the first movie who, like, there is no sexual chemistry between the two of them in any way, shape, or form. No. There's more sexual chemistry between him and his mother at the end of the movie, which is also That's creepy, true. than between those two. Yeah, they kind of get it on, don't they? He, I mean, well, she gets real close and starts touching his lips and stuff, and I'm just like, yeah, stop yeah. doing that. Like, it's weird. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm more with the, you know, the hematologist in the first movie. I'm, I'm more her. I'm like, yeah, thank you for saving me. Yeah, I can help you and take care of myself. Yeah, you're all cool and shit, but eh, don't touch me. He's a little too focused on his task to be a sexual being. Maybe that's what it is. I guess. Yeah. I mean, just like objectively, like in a vacuum looking at like a frame of the movie wesley snipes is like looking good 
in this movie. Yeah, like he looks cool. Like, see, but looking good and looking cool are two different things. Like, okay, he looks fair. cool. I'm like, you're cool. Yeah. But if you're looking good, I'm just like, mm, you're looking good. And I don't get that. Because then he okay. has his shirtless scene in both movies. Of course. And he's ripped. I'm not saying he's not a fit man. I'm not saying he's yeah. not ripped or anything. But I'm just like, okay. He does kind of have, like, a RoboCop vibe. Maybe that's what it is. Like, like he seems not like a human being. Yeah. So it's not... Like some kind of some kind of uncanny valley thing where you know that he's not like like the same thing that you are. Yes. So therefore, he's sexually taboo. He's off limits. Yeah, he's, he's over not there. interesting. He's other. Yes. Right. I yeah. You know okay. yes. Okay. I would go with that. I can see that. Yeah. Because it's true. Like if I analyze it, I'm like he's. I mean, I don't know. I I'm trying not to be mean. But at the same time, like... I'm sure Wesley Snipes doesn't much care what you think of him. I'm sure, like... Probably, He's actually. pretty secure in his... His, uh... Know. Himself and his, his manliness. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm good with that. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm not I mean, gonna... I'm not gonna worry too I don't wanna speak it. for Wesley Snipes. Far Wesley, you let me know. If you wanna come on this podcast and explain your sexuality to us... Yeah. Then... I mean, it's not my place to offer him a spot on your podcast, but... No, no, but I agree with you. I mean, I will offer him a spot on my podcast, and he's welcome <laughs> to come here and try to smolder at me as much as he likes, and I will accept it. It's fine. It's it's all good. Fair, fair play. Done. Yeah. Remember when Blade calls Ron Perlman an arsehole? I do. <laughs> not an asshole, but an arsehole. Which I thought was weird because they dropped the F-bomb quite a bit in the movie, so it's not for ratings. Arsehole is like an it's like an Irishism, isn't it? But is it because he thinks he's Irish? Is Blade is Irish? No, he thinks Ron Perlman's Irish. Because they're in But he's you... German. Oh, is that what it is? His character's name is like Reichstag or something. Oh, that's right. That what is, is it? Correct. Rein Reinhardt. That's Reinhardt, yes. Not <laughs> Two different things. Yes. Not the same. But I don't. I don't know. Like if it was, it would make perfect sense if he was like, "Oh hey, Patty, like get out of here, you arsehole." Mm -hmm. But like it, it came off when I was watching it. Just like arsehole is part of Blade's vocabulary, and like mm -hmm. I don't believe that Blade. Like is, is there like a three year old in the room that she had to like tone it down? For? I don't know. Maybe, yeah, there's like the not hardcore cussing part of it. And then there's also, why in the world would he say arsehole? Why would that even It's a very, It's him? a very specific term. Because even if, you, even if like in North America you're trying not to swear, arsehole yeah. is not the first thing that comes no, to your head. Not at all. Far from it. That's so odd. Like you call a person douchebag instead of an asshole, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. Maybe it was in vogue in 1999. 2002. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe it was in vogue in 2002. Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Also, why are, why are sewers such a common setting in movies and TV? They, they spend a decent amount of time in the sewers in this movie. Well, I think it's because those new mutated vampires are like in the underbelly of society or something i suppose but can we just talk about how gross the mandible splitting and the thing yeah. falling out is like yeah it's, it's very like alieny right it is because there's also like mucus 
Yeah. That's a, that's not a fun word to say either. No. Um, yes, I agree. But one thing I did quote unquote enjoy <laughs> about this movie is the fact that like the practical effect of the body they're autopsying was that was dope. amazing. It was so cool. Like it was disgusting. It was goopy. It was squishy. There were internal organs. And it was very face real was looking. Like, yeah. Like it looked like a, I don't know. I've never seen the inside of a body before, but like mm-hmm. it looked good. And like, and the entire time I was just fully expecting some kind of jump scare. Like the first one mm-hmm. of, you know, this, this vampire, like that's been cut open entirely. The and whole like, thing just oh, gets well, up. his, his, he's got no chest anymore. Surely he can't come back to life. Mm-hmm. And I was totally on edge the entire time. I was like, you're they... not getting me again. <laughs> Guillermo. But they nice do, do try. That, um, uh, drop of blood that makes his whole like yeah, insides yeah, yeah, move. Yeah. And that makes everybody kind of like, Ugh. that was cool. But that was really cool. But yes. we expected that. Well, that was kind of telegraphed. Yes, that was kind of telegraphed. But it was still very, it was very, it was very well done. It was. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I really nice liked practical, it. I mean, practical effects over mm-hmm. special effects. Any day. Any day. Yeah, uh, so, oh, so that breaks. So earlier we talked about, yeah. uh, and I said I had a comment to make about some of their fight sequences and stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So The Matrix came out in 1999. Yes. Right? And yeah. then Matrix reloaded came out a year later and they were that fast eh? uh sorry no sorry 2003 a year after blade is what i should have said and one thing i noticed in it is that in matrix reloaded which was not really used in the first matrix movie i don't think this was um a technology that was uh perfected at that time but by the time the second matrix movie coming they used a software they developed a software and a technology for their fight sequence called burly man that they do the fight sequences and stuff okay and so that was like especially in the scenes where um uh, agent smith comes out and like 800 of them show up and they're going through that whole fight sequence and stuff right that's the burly man technology that they were using okay cool and the thing is, in this movie, that there are sequences in it that remind me specifically of that. Like, they were testing out this software yeah. to do some of these fight sequences. And it's very clear in it. Like, all of a sudden, the, the, the bodies get more fluid, almost, yeah. looking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I had definitely noted, like, when I was watching the second one in particular, that, like, this is clearly, like, a post-Matrix universe that we're living in yes where you know fight scene like just like hand-to-hand combat scenes are way zanier than they normally mm-hmm. are and there's it's these crazy just... you know changes of perspective mm. and like big jumps and all this you think that could have been done before but like they just looked mate like I, they looked more matrixy in that movie than they did they in did. blade yeah. And I don't know what matrixy necessarily means. It's kind mm-hmm. of like, I think you'd kind of know it when you see it. When you see, exactly. Like um, the scene where, for example, where the vampires are first coming into like Blade's like lair or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they're on the roof and they're like acrobatting across the ceiling, for yeah. example. Like yeah. there's that scene. And when they land in front of the big, what is it? They call them god lights or whatever, which is just like UV lights yeah, or whatever yeah, to kill yeah, them. Yeah. And they're fighting in front of that and then it yeah. fully gets all kind of animation obviously mm-hmm. 
it's like those sequences where you're just like, oh, wow. You can see the difference, but yeah. it's still very cool looking, you know? And it's it's like an automatic, it's like, oh my God, that's this technology. I yeah. know what that is. I know Kung Fu. <laughs> Whoa. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that was actually, that was my comment that I, I wanted to mention later, which I did. There we go. What's been on my mind this whole time, and we haven't talked about Chris Christopherson nearly enough, because... <laughs> that is true! His name actually hasn't come up as yet. Because not only is his name kind of funny, even by itself, not even yeah. I, knowing it, who I he is. I think his parents were lazy. I Yes, or not, not especially creative, anyhow. And, you know, he's this musician guy who mm -hmm. was a very successful musician guy, and then decided that he was an actor now, which happens. Mm -hmm. Fair That's enough. True. Yeah. Fair enough. You gotta, you know, sometimes you gotta pivot. Mm -hmm. We're we're all we've all experienced change in our lives, and you know, if he pivoted to roles like this, you know, a, a supporting you know actor, grizzled you know veteran kind of guy, knows all of the knows the way of the world, like imparts wisdom on. You know, not Blade necessarily, but like his companions, that kind of thing. Teaches them how to do it. Mm -hmm. If he's that guy, then like that's who I would expect Chris Christopherson to play in a movie. Okay, yeah. And, you know, I don't know much about the rest of his career, but there's this trailer on YouTube that I really want everyone to watch. If there's one <laughs> takeaway from this podcast, it's please go watch... The trailer for Best Friend from Heaven, which also seems to be called God's Best Friend. It seems like it has two titles. Okay. Anyway, it's this it's this wacky movie. It's like a talking animal movie. Mm -hmm. It's like a family coming back together, sort of coming of age movie. And it stars Chris Christopherson as a talking dog. <laughs> And, oh, yeah. and boy, oh boy, even in the trailer, do you get to see some quality Chris Christopherson <laughs> talking dog content. Holy smokes. I don't remember any lines that he actually speaks other than, hey, it's me, I'm back, and I can talk now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very special. Wait, wait, wait. Do you think he needs more than that to sell this? I mean... It's all you need to know. Like, mm. that's that's his, you know, opening sequence of Blade 2 exposition <laughs> moment. You know, you could have cut Blades down to, hey, it's me, I'm back, and I'm still Blade. That's true, and then he'd be set. But even when Chris Christopherson comes back into the second Blade movie, yeah. he could have just woken up and said that and it'd been fine. More or less. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's me, I'm back, and I can still talk. Yes, I am. <laughs> also, talking about the the fact that like he comes back. So when Blade finds him, he's in this like tank of blood or whatever. He opens Very it. Very cool tank of blood. Yeah, he opens it and he's leaning and he but he's yeah. attached to it with like um, cables or wires or tubes or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And then Blade cuts them and just lets him fall face first onto the ground. Instead of catching his friend that he spent years looking for. First of all, it doesn't feel nice to, like, hit your face on the ground. Second of all, yeah. like, maybe there's some, like, tube that's, like, hooked up to life-giving juice. Yeah. 
or something that's allowing him to live in a big pool of blood. Yeah, like, I, I got nothing. But I just thought it was mean he let him hit the ground. Yeah, so. I don't know. Maybe that's how you, you treat your old battle combat buddy. Unless they come back to life as a dog. That's true. Mm-hmm. I would never let a dog's face hit the ground. Uh, yeah, because they're be beautiful nice. creatures. Absolutely. Yeah. Dogs don't belong in vats of blood. No. That's not right. No. They belong frolicking in fields and being happy and stuff. They belong helping their former owners uh, patch things up with their fiancé so that they can get married at the end of <laughs> the trailer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> uh, man, that wait to talk about Chris Christopherson was totally worth it. Yeah, I mean, I think people came here to hear about Chris Christopherson. The, I mean, they, he was the real star, I think, yeah. of all of it. They saw Blade and Blade 2, and they were like, my boy Chris is in these movies. They're definitely going to talk about him. Mm-hmm. Even if it's towards the end, even if it, they're mostly talking about some random-ass trailer that I've yeah. never heard of, that's that Chris Christopherson content that I need in my life. You're welcome, people. You're welcome. <laughs> so this is what we're here for. <laughs> it is. We're um, fundamentally good people <laughs> just trying to tell the world about the latest Chris Christopherson news to hit our awareness. Exactly. We are a um, media outlet that is helping our society continue their love and their worship of Chris Christopherson. Mm-hmm. So any other final notes about Blade or Blade 2? I mean, if we're attracting any serious Blade heads here, I mean, the elephant in the room is that we're not talking trinity no we're not talking about trinity hey yo fuck trinity i didn't buy trinity trinity is trinity is garbage so so bad even though a lot of it is ryan reynolds shirtless um but yeah i could i could never bring myself to buy that movie or watch it more than i think i watched it three times name three good trilogies uh good yeah indiana jones Yes, because that last movie doesn't exist. Right. Die Hard. Well, no. You know what? I kind of like that fourth movie. I mean, it's not a Die Hard movie, but I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. So we'll just say Die Hard. We'll, point, we will say Die Hard. The point is that we're struggling. Yes. Star, Star, Star Wars, I guess, kind of. No, there's it's not a of trilogy those anymore. There's it hasn't been a trilogy since the early 90s. 2000s. Uh, late 90s, if I, I remember correctly. so, so sorry. I think it was 99. You're hurting me a lot. Because I saw that first movie in high school. You were like four. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> full, dis- full disclosure, I'm much younger than Tracy, apparently. Boom! Uh, no, it's true. When I think about it, trilogies are not an easy thing to accomplish. Right? Because even like those Batman movies, because even Christopher Nolan's Batman's, that third movie <laughs> was garbage. Sure. Um, didn't do that. And does that even count? Oh! Um... What is it? The oh my god! What Shrek. is it called? The movies with the um, oh my god! I'm gonna fucking lose it. You know, like Hot Fuzz. Um, Reno nine one one. No, no, no. Did you say Reno nine one one? Nine eleven. No. Reno nine eleven. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, Simon Pegg and and the Who's It's movies. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Simon Pegg, yeah, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, and At World's End. Uh, what is it? The 
Coronado, the Coronelli, the Cora something trilogy. I have no idea what you're talking about. Really? <laughs> I've, heard of, I've heard of these movies. I didn't know that they were Coronado trilogized. Trilogy. Being a bad Anglophile right now. I am being horrible at this. Oh my... Because in the movie, they eat a certain ice cream uh, every movie, and it's part of the trilogy, and it's uh, called this ice cream cone thing. Oh my Cor- god. Cornetto? Is it Cornetto? I think that's that's ice cream cone in, like, Italian or something. Cornetto Trilogy! Hey! That's what I'm thinking of. Yes. All right. Woo! Yeah, that is a really good trilogy. All, All right. three of those movies are glorious and beautiful and i hate myself for not remembering that (laughs) right off the bat um cornetto trilogy and yeah this is difficult oh my god um i mean you've basically proven that trilogies are all wonderful actually and we we really should have talked about trinity Indeed. I'm so sad and disappointed that it is not part of my collection so that we didn't talk about it. There are tears in that eye, I swear. I mean, if I had to watch Trilogy, I'd like still be watching it now. You would. <laughs> and we would yes. have been starting this recording now. an hour from now. Yes. So, yeah. So I'm kind of glad I don't have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know funny. what I wanted to be a Trilogy? You know what I wanted to like real bad and just don't is Home Alone. Because that seems like it should be a trilogy, there's don't you think? There's four Home Alone movies. Yeah, there's a million Home Alone movies, but yeah. like there, there's two proper ones yes. with our Macaulay Culkin. We stand yeah. our queen Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. And then the third one has like some kid with a mushroom cut. And yeah. Fuck him. Is there and four or five? Home I think movies? there might be five. Is there five? I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. There's at actually. least four. Yeah. For sure. I think the third. Got a three theatrical release, but I think after that they were. It was all straight to DVD, yeah. yes, yeah. or straight to VHS at the time, probably. Yes, but yeah, huge, huge bummer. Like, what about a what about a third Home Alone with Macaulay Culkin in like? What about he goes on vacation with his family and they forget to bring him back? So, oh my god! So they're in Chicago and he's in Maui or mm-hmm. North Korea or russia or How something macaulay crazy. got his group back yes in jamaica <laughs> macaulay runnings <laughs> <laughs> yes weekend at macaulay's yes wait he'd have to be dead for that so no not that, that was almost a trilogy as well there were two of those that movies. is true yeah well technically anything with two movies was almost a trilogy is there a word for a, a franchise that has two movies a dilogy uh duology i don't think so Hmm. just uh billogy dilogy um the movies (laughs) it's called it's called two movies two movies that's it we're we're talking about two movies here and two movies duology duopoly yeah duplex i mean i got quadrilogies i got yeah no i guess after quadrilogy it's just a series yeah right yeah. Like James Bond is just like a series of James Bond movies. They don't say True. what is there? There's it's about to be twenty five, right? Twenty five. Yeah. The new one's just being called twenty five right now. Right now, yeah. There's yeah. no official title for it. Yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting. Yeah. Ugh. And we almost made it to the end of a podcast without having it being dated. <laughs> Man, you're gonna be listening to this in. 
2036 and we're like oh my god that's so stupid idiots we probably (laughs) used like coal powered electricity to record this episode i hand cranked my the power into my computer to record everything you single-handedly destroyed the world for the rest of us i did this is why we have to live underground i feel like i should evil laugh now like (laughs) i mean i I really did want to be on the austin powers episode do you want to do like a, a a good like like dr evil like number two like extended like extra long laugh um do you want to do it after i do my closer yes okay let's do that okay well thank you so much for being here bennett oh you know it's all good thank you for inviting me thank you for inviting yes, me yes we'll have great. to have you back for another episode and we'll chat about something else i'd love to be back oh my god <laughs> uh well that's it for this episode of off my shelf until next time you can follow along on instagram and twitter at oh my shelf or you can send me emails at oh at gmail.com on the next episode we'll be talking about the movies blade runner and born identity hope you'll be here to listen <laughs> 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 <laughs>